You're listening to Extra Takes, hosted by Northland Church lead pastor, Dr. Joshua Laxton. Tune in each week as Pastor Josh reveals the rest of the story behind his sermons. We'll discuss how those who follow Christ can live out a biblical vision for the church in the world today. Well, hello, Northland family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Extra Takes Podcast. I am Pastor Josh, your co-host, along with my sidekick co-host, a.k.a. Matt Shiles. Matt, it's good to be with you today. Yeah, it's it's great to be here. And um, and if you've seen the cardboard cutout of you in the foyer. Oh, I've seen it. Flat Josh. Did you see the name tag? Well, you know who wrote that name tag, don't you? No. My daughter. Oh, so Joshua Jingle. Joshua Jingle. Yeah, so my Is that my a family. new nickname? No, I mean, no, it's my, my daughter, Ellie. She is very creative and she's she's just witty. Yeah. She's just a she's just a fun person to be around. She's probably a 7 mm. on the Enneagram. Probably. We'll, we'll we'll see. Okay. How how she develops. But yeah, that that was her doing and they have ragged me since Flat Josh <laughs> was put up. So who can call you Joshua? Well, I mean, anybody can call me Joshua, which you, you know, the intro to the extra takes Casey calls me Joshua. Yes. Uh, and, and so I'm like, oh, okay, I'm Joshua now. No, but my mom, she would call me Joshua growing yeah. up because that is my full legal name, yeah. Joshua Brandon Laxton. But anytime someone uses Joshua, it's typically because I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the middle name is I'm severely in trouble. That happened to me this week. Oh, did it? It did. How did – well – We'll get to that. Okay, we'll get to that. All so right. let me do the intro first. So we're in Simple Christmas, simplifying our complicated life. This was December 3rd and 4th. Uh, we're in Luke 1, 26 through 38. And the main point, God may add or allow complexity in our life, but offers truth to simplify our complexity. And we laid out five truths of how God can simplify our complicated life. Truth one, God loves you. Truth two, God is with you. Three, God is doing something in you and for others. Four, God's got the details covered. And five, God makes the impossible possible. Okay. So let me let me ask you. Yes. So I'm, I'm assuming you would agree with, I think, 99% of the people that did say that life is complicated. So would would you agree that life's complicated? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and did you like the Jimmy Buffett song? <laughs> I I did. And, and, and li- life is complicated, and life gets more complicated with people around you, right? So yeah. like marriage is complicated, parenting is complicated, yeah. and, and how friendship old, is yeah. complicated. How old are y'all's kids? Yeah, so Kate is four and a half, okay. and Paige is three. Yeah. So they're 18 months apart. Now, do you, you know, one of the things I've learned about parenting or people have told me is that when you have two, you can play you can play one-on-one defense. When you have three or more, it's zone defense. So do y'all ever plan on maybe having a third, or are you kind of like, all right, two's so the, quiverful? So the debate is happening in our, in oh, our okay. house now. Oh, okay. But I, I don't know if I agree with the, the man-to-zone thing because okay. we feel like we're in zone now. Oh, really? How does that work? Oh, well, well, maybe because they have a lot of energy and <laughs> they scoot around the house really quickly. And, <laughs> you know, the older we get, the slower we get. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. So, and so you need to play zone because you're not as quick as you once were. <laughs> maybe. Something like that. But I do want to start with um, something from last week. Okay. 
So we ended by talking about Christmas movies. Right. I got a call from my mom because I said I hadn't watched White Christmas, and she said Matthew William. Wow. And I knew I was in trouble. Definitely in trouble. Yeah. Um, And she said, that was grandma's favorite movie. Of course you've watched that. So I I guess I have. Mm. So I stand corrected. Man, well, yeah. I'm glad she called you out on that because you need to honor your grandma and remember the movie that she loved. Yeah. But, you know, something about White Christmas, though, I I don't know where where the shift happened in my life where Uh I really gravitated towards that movie that I'm like, I really like this movie. But I love it, and mm. so I don't. I don't remember my. I don't remember watching it in my grandparents' house. But mm. I, I don't even know now. My mom listens to the podcast. Maybe she'll call me and tell me, <laughs> Joshua Brandon. Yes, you did. You watched it. So I don't remember. I remember, you know, Christmas Vacation. I actually yep. remember Ernest Saves Christmas, yep. which was filmed, or I think I don't know if it was filmed in Orlando, but it, but the context was Orlando, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and Home Alone, obviously growing up. But uh, yeah. anyways, yeah. So I, I don't remember watching. Christmas. Now, I remember It's a Wonderful Life was yes, on, yes. Miracle on 34th Street. Yep. I don't remember White Christmas being played, but until, you know, I mean, years ago, Joni and I, she liked it. I watched it. I'm like, I like this. Yeah. And it's something about Bing Crosby and his soothing voice of White Christmas. Can you sing that for us? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let me let me, let me see. Because I got this little microphone. I feel like I'm, uh, you know, a rock star. Mariah Carey. Yeah, Mariah Carey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dreaming of a white. So, and, and then what's so interesting. That's nice. That's nice. Is I like to sing that song. So uh, the other day we were in the car. We were headed down to the amusement um, part, uh, Magic Kingdom, because we wanted to see all the Christmas yeah. decorations. And so nothing was on the radio. So I started singing. Started yeah. singing White Christmas, yeah. moved to Silent Night, then moved to Ho- Oh Holy Night. And I think by that time, somebody who was in the front seat who will remain unnamed, turned on the radio because I think they were done with me singing. I'm like, hang on. I'm trying to get in the Christmas spirit, you know. And uh, so <laughs> I said, man, that's so rude. No, but uh, anyway, so then we started listening to the radio. But, yeah, I love singing Christmas songs. So they were, Christmas, yeah. they were in the front seat, but they'll remain unnamed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it will remain unnamed. So something you said this weekend, you said you're a juggler. Mm. So I'm a juggler too. So when when did you learn? I don't know. I think I got bored one day and okay. just just to see if I could do it. And, um, and it took me a little while. And then I, I, I mastered juggling three things. Now, you had a fourth thing. No, yeah. can't do it. So interestingly, this past weekend, after the 11 o'clock, I went to the cafe and was hanging out. And the young adults, they were running the cafe. And they had all of their little rubber duckies and stuff like that. And if you don't know why they exist – Next time the young adults do that, go ahead and ask them, and they'll be happy mm. to tell you. But anyways, I took three of those little plastic rubber duckies or whatnot, mm. and, you know, because there was a lot of people around, so it was a little nerve-wracking. But I ended up, you know, juggling after the third attempt and because and, they were small. Yeah. But I'm like, see, I told you I could juggle, and here I did. And everybody gave me a little, a little, you know, not a standing ovation, but a little hand <laughs> clap, a little golf clap. It was great. <laughs> So I learned in elementary school. In elementary, so yeah. that so I don't think yeah I don't think I learned in elementary. So you, so, so in way P- back when. So in PE class, oh. uh, Sue Vote taught us with scarves. Mm. So it's a great way to learn because they floated in the air and we kind of learned the motion and. Oh, that's cool. And it served me well because in in um, high school and college I played lacrosse and as a goalie 
instead of running, they would have us do hand-eye coordination stuff. So we would yeah. juggle, we would do jump ropes, that type of stuff. So That's cool. So when I think about that, I think about the movie Miracle, the yep. 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team that yep. beat the Soviet Union. But James Craig, I think, was his name. You know, he was juggling on the wall, and he's the goalie. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I eh. – I mean, I've never tried that, but I'm like, that looks hard. Yeah, we should try that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, after this. Let's go do it. Let's go find the three tennis balls. <laughs> so somehow I have to make a transition yep. into um, – And we should know all about transitions here at Northland, given the fact we spent 17 weeks. 17 weeks. In a series on transitions. So go ahead. So make. how about this transition? God loves you. He absolutely yeah. – and, and, and it's just about how simple mm. but deep that is. Yeah. Because let me – you know, here's a good question. Like – did you get what I was trying to say about how complicated our culture has made love? Absolutely. Yeah. Be, because we try to perform for yeah. love. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for instance, and, and, and I remember this in counseling from years ago. Mm. But now my, my, my parents, they were extremely loving. Mm. Um, and they, they, they loved me d- despite my performance. But one of the things that, at least for me, that I gravitated towards is – as I when I would excel at whether it was sports or uh, academics, my parents they I mean it was like even more pronounced in the sense of oh way to go man I'm so proud of you and again yeah. they they loved me but it was like this performance mm. and so I remember I remember how that affected me as I grew up as an adult and went into ministry is that I wanted people's mm. affirmation because I equated affirmation with love mm. and so therefore I felt like I needed to perform for people's affirmation what I had to learn is that my identity was hidden in Christ mm. who loved me regardless of how well or how I did perform well, how well or how well I didn't perform. So, mm. so it was, it, and so for me, I think that when when life gets complicated, particularly love, because love can become complicated in our world. Just remember that God God loves you in who you are, and the fact that you are an image bearer of, mm-hmm. of, of His. And this week we saw that we saw that with Mary. Um, yeah, you know what made Mary. Uh, the favored one, nothing. He chose her. Um, she was poor. She was young. She was from a small, irrelevant town. Um, there would have been um, many other more prominent, deserving women that he could have chose, um, specifically in Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, but he didn't. Um, so you also used a uh, a quote from G.K. Beale, and this is on God's presence um, it is in God's presence that life and purpose are found. Mm. I really think we need more of God's presence this season, and I think we need to fight for this. Uh, I think we need to fight for this individually, uh, with our families, um, corporately, as a church. Um, what are your thoughts on on that? God's presence that life and purpose are found. Yeah, and I didn't. I mean, I didn't have time to chart. From the the scriptures, all all of the various ways you you see this, but you you definitely see it with the call of Abraham. Mm-hmm. God will God will make him. Uh, God will use him and his descendants. And so there's this idea that God is telling Abraham, I, "I'm gonna because I'm gonna make this happen in your life. Here, here's my life and, and, and imputed into you." Mm. 
I'm going to make you this, and I'm going to use you and what I do in you. I'm, I, I'm actually going to do it for others. So that's where I'm going to I'm, – I'm, through you, I'm going to bless all families of the earth. And then we see that also with Jacob, a descendant of Abraham. You see it with Moses. So God appears to Moses and tells him, I want to use you to be the deliverer of the people, mm -hmm. uh, my people who are in bondage to Egypt. So here it is. Like I'm going to be with you. So here's my life. Here, here's – my purpose for you, you're going to be a deliverer. We see it with Joshua. You know, so in Joshua 1, uh, you know, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, but he's taking them into the land of promise. So yeah. I'm over you. Yeah. I'm with you. Here's my purpose for you as you lead the people. We see it also in the statement Jesus makes to his disciples, go make disciples of all nations. And then, you know, lo, I'm with you always, mm. even until the end of the age. So my presence is with you, mm. which means my life is with you and my purpose is with you. And mm. so that's where, like, because I know particularly even the Christmas season, it, it can be dark for some. It can be depressing for, for some. Um, it, it can get busy and confusing for some. Mm. But if you can sit there and contemplate and, and make it simple, simplify it by not only saying that God loves me, but that he's with me, that his life and his purpose are imputed into me, that mm. the fact that he, as, as a believer of Christ, believer of Christ, he has given us his spirit, his presence, so that his life is in us and his purpose can flow through us. Mm. And so regardless of how we feel, mm. his presence is with us. And so I think mm. that's so important because it does. It, it just simplifies a complicated life. Mm. And I, and I like how you say we we need to fight for that. And part of that fighting is the intentionality of of reminding ourselves. Yeah, you know, because it can get so clouded depending on our feelings, emotions, or even the busyness of the season that we're in. Mm. Yeah, Amen. Um, so you talked about uh, God adds or allows complexity. Um, that's a that's a that's a deeply theological statement. Yeah. Can well, you go a little deeper? Yeah, into that? I mean, but I, I, the the depth is just think about everything that we experience in life that comes our way that might make life confusing. It has been filtered through the hands of God. I mean, even Job. Now, God did not cause. God did not add that even sorrow into his life. But he allowed it. I mean, Satan said, hey, uh, what about your servant Job? And he's like, what about him? Well, I bet he'll curse you mm. if you if something bad happens. Mm. And so he allows Satan to – see, Satan tempts, God tests. Mm. So – but if you think about even Job's life, how complicated – you know, because his friends wanted to make it simple. You right. – and the simplicity, you know, the, the, the simplicity that they were trying to make it – was you sinned? You just need to. You just need to own your sin, Job, and confess it. <laughs> and Job's like, I have not sinned. And yeah. so even then, it was the complexity of going, why is this happening? Hmm. And the 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 simpleness is like, I've got to trust the Lord that He's sovereign. So that that's really the the, the truth within that statement hmm. is that God may add or allow complexity in life, mm -hmm. but He truly does offer these truths to simplify our complexity. And so it is. It, 
it's something that you have to you have to keep in mind. It's God's sovereignty in the world, and that He is using everything. That's one of the things that I love about the Apostle Paul's statement in Corinthians mm-hmm. that 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 these these momentary afflictions that maybe even come about through the complexities of life. Mm-hmm. That they're producing an eternal weight of glory. Mm. So God's using the complexities to mm. actually conform us mm. more into the image of Jesus. And that's why, like, in every, in every transition, there is a transformation. Mm-hmm. And so these complexities that are even in our life that sometimes are uncomfortable. I mean, think about with Mary. I mean, there's a side of it that's a, that's wonderful, that's beautiful, that's glorious, but there will be a side of gore to it mm-hmm. uh, because her son that she gives birth to mm. will one day be hanging on a cross. Yeah. Uh, so, again, th- th- there's going to be difficulty but before there becomes beauty, you, you know, and, and she would be isolated from her community. People won't believe her that uh, they think that, you know, that – that Jesus is an illegitimate child. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so she's going to deal with all of these things, mm-hmm. but yet within the complexities, God offers her simplicity. And as a, a set-apart people, um, this is always um, for others, right? As God is, is doing something in us, it is for the benefit of others. And, um, and I think that that perspective is is so important, and um, it's it's vital as we look back on Exodus nineteen, as we tie back previous series that we are a set apart people yeah. um, for the purpose Genesis twelve um, to bless all the peoples of the earth. Yeah. And just to reiterate, like the blessings that even God gives us. Some people might see them as burdens, mm, mm. and we might even be tempted ourselves to see them as burdens. Mm. We might be tempted to see that cancer, the financial difficulty. We might uh, – the a loss. Uh, again, many people even this time of year are dealing with a, a loss of a loved one. Like We might see those as burdens. We might see them as some something that would bog us down, hmm. but but God can use those things. That's why, I, again, I love what he, the Apostle Paul says in Romans eight that God works all things together for the good of those who love Him hmm. and who are called according to His purpose. That that He is working good. Hmm. Uh, he's again He's using things in our life to, to shape and conform us. But what He does in us, He also wants to use us. That he might do through us for others, and so with with Mary, just think about what he was doing in her. I mean, what what who was forming in her? <laughs> the the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, was forming in her, and then even in her Magnificat. Listen, listen to some of it because we're not going to do her Magnificat this year. We might do it next year for Advent, but. Hmm. She says, my soul, gl- my, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful on the humble state of his servant. And then from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Mm. <laughs> so she's seeing what's going to come, yeah. but that's not what she would experience. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but, but she knows that what God's doing in her, that, that, that who is in her is her Savior, mm. and that later on people will look back and call me blessed. Mm. And so God will have blessed me in order for me what I'm, what, I, what I'm being used for, who I'm carrying, will be a blessing for the world. Mm. And so that's, again, that's a perspective, a, a, a shift in how the world would teach us to think. 
and how God would teach us to think about what he's doing in us, even in the complexities and the difficulties and in life's overwhelming situations that we would find ourselves in, Mm. that God's doing a work in us Mm. so that he can do a work through us for the good of others. Mm. And And it's so, so huge to remember that. Remind remind us of the passage of where Mary's Magnificat is. So it's just in the passage below the one that we read this past week or looked at this week, but it starts in verse 46 and goes all the way through verse 56 of Luke chapter 1. And and one of the cool things even about Mary at the very end of her song, she says, to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So here's this teenager. This is one of the things I love about Mary, too, is teenagers. This This is a young girl who knew the scriptures. Yeah. Like she, she is a theologian mm. because she is she's recounting God's faithfulness, what He had done with Abraham, mm. servant Israel, mm. God's mercy that He fills the hungry with good things, but He sends the rich away empty. So, so he, I mean, this is a girl who has paid attention in Sunday school. <laughs> Who has read? You know, who knows her Bible? Now, again, they didn't have the scriptures like we did, so she had to she had to learn them from the you know, somewhere, the synagogue, temple, like so. But wherever she learned them, mm. she she has hid God's word in her heart, mm. and so it's pretty cool to see this young teenage girl belting out a song that is that is full of just solid theology. Mm. Amen. Which, which again, shows you that it's the Bible that presents these simple truths that actually simplify our complicated life. That's great. And um, in this next point, God's got the details covered. I know you like this point. Um, I do like this point. In a, in a big aspect of this is the idea of trust. Mm. Um, because, you know, we would – we would miss out on the opportunity to trust if we, um, if we just knew, if we knew all the details before they were going to happen. But why is trust so important? Well, for starters, we walk by fa- as believers, we walk by faith, not by sight. But I mean, let's dig a little bit deeper here in terms of details, because what typically happens when people don't get the details that they want, and regardless in any you know in any situation or season of life, what what how do people typically respond when they don't get the details? Uh, uh, questioning, yeah, frustration, so, 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 suspicion, yeah. yeah. And so they typically, as human nature, because we're fallen, we tend to fill the void of suspicion with negativity. Mm. Uh, we get frustrated. We get bent out of shape. Mm. We think, you know, again, we, we think somebody's done something wrong mm. or whatever it may be. And, and sure, there, there might be situations where people have mishandled something, where there is something that, that – but, at, again, this is where it's so important to remember who's sovereign <laughs> – because even in situations and seasons where hum- human beings have failed and made mistakes or they're trying to hide something, hmm. God is still sovereign over that. So he's allowed it. But, but we can control – now, that's the thing. As human, pe- you know, as, human, um, as human beings that are filled with the Spirit of God, we can allow the Spirit to control how we respond to even the details we don't know. Mm. And so, again, at the end of the day, we are responsible for our behavior, mm. not other people's behavior. 
So when we are in seasons and situations in our life where we don't know the details, hmm. let's trust the God of the details. Amen. And I know that's hard. I mean, begin. I mean, think about how hard it would be for Mary. I mean, she wanted to know the details, but all Gabe told her was God's got the details. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and here's the thing that I would say even for Northland, because I know that we're going through a transition, and Northland's been through a lot over the last five, ten years. And you might, and, and Northlanders here that's been here through it all, or former Northlanders, they, they might not know all the details. But let me tell you who knows all of the details. God does. Mm-hmm. And at some point, God will hold those who have made mistakes. They'll he'll, he'll hold them responsible. Hopefully, that they've learned from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, the church has learned to trust God that mm-hmm. He truly is sovereign. Mm-hmm. That what He wants for Northland is good, and what and the good that He wants for Northland is to be used to be a blessing to others. Mm-hmm. But if we're trying to, and, and because as the new pastor coming in, I, I know that I'm dealing with you know a, a lot of things that have happened over the years where you, you know even. Even, even decisions that I have made in the last nine months have been well. How well, how can you do that when this was been you know and because they they wanted to fill in all of the suspicions and so I'm like I, I get it like mm. so I recognize just as we recognize with Mary we want to know the details but we do serve a God who is sovereign over mm. the details mm. and He is He's moving everything to 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 where He's wanting it to be mm. and uh, that's why I tell the staff so much is that. We need to make sure that we are centered around Jesus because when we are centered around Jesus, we will be unified. When we are centered around Jesus, we will be full of integrity. When we are centered around Jesus, uh, there will be, you know, uh, there will be this, this aura that, mm. that comes from us that, man, is just hope filled. I mean, so, so, and then there's so many other things that flow out of being Jesus centered. But, but as we move forward, we're going to be Jesus centered. But I understand that it, it's hard because there's a lot of details that people may not know over the years. And uh, let's just trust the Lord and what He's doing. Yeah, yeah. And in in the the point that was followed up with God's got the details covered was God makes the impossible possible. Yeah. So I think the, both of those points certainly uh, interact with each other. And we talked about this idea of struggling between doubt and unbelief. So so Mary had doubt but didn't have unbelief. So you, can you remind us of of the distinction that you made there? Yeah, so Warren Wiersbe, he is the one that I, I quoted this past weekend, and he said, There is a difference between doubt and unbelief. Doubt is a matter of the mind. We cannot understand what God is doing or why he is doing it. Unbelief is a matter of the will. We refuse to believe God's word and obey what he tells us to do. So a good example of that would be Zechariah. So John the Baptist, his dad, before John was even conceived, uh, Zechariah is a high priest. He's going into the Holy of Holies. That's where God's presence dwelled. And so he's going to perform his religious duties. Mm-hmm. So angel shows up and says, Zechariah, I got really good news. Your wife, Elizabeth, is going to have a baby boy. And what is, what is, his, or what is his response? Uh, that, ain't, that ain't possible. So his response is unbelief. And as a result, you remember what happened to him? He couldn't speak. He couldn't speak. And so he leaves. <laughs> He's probably trying to write things down because he can't speak because yeah. of his unbelief. Hmm. And then when John is born, he can speak again. You know, God allows him to speak. With Mary, it's more a matter of doubt. Like, hmm. I'm trying to process this, Lord. I'm trying to process all of these details. I'm just trying to figure out how is it going to be hmm. if I'm a virgin, I'm going to 
actually conceive and give birth to a baby. Yeah. And so she's just trying to wrap her mind around it. I believe, I believe what you're saying. I'm just trying to wrap my mind around it. And so I think, you know, Thomas, he, you know, one of the disciples of Jesus, he is given a nickname called Doubting Thomas. It's not that he doesn't believe that he's just trying to, again, here is the teacher, the master, the rabbi, who he believes is the Savior, he's just trying to wrap his mind around resurrection. Mm-hmm. He's never seen it. Yeah. So h- how is this possible? And then, you know, am I, am I hallucinating? Yeah. And then that's why Jesus says, put your hands where the nails were. And so, mm-hmm. see, see I'm, I'm, I'm here. I've, I have truly been raised from the dead. So, again, doubting Thomas, he, it's not that he didn't believe. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and then there, there is one other place though. Um, oh, who is it? I can't remember. Um, but it's in, it's in the gospels where, where the person says, help my unbelief. Um, but, but, but he, what he's saying is like, I want to believe. Will you help my unbelief? Mm-hmm. So if, if you, you know, once again, doubting is trying to wrap your mind around it. You do believe you're just trying to wrap your mind around how the impossible is now being made possible. For the unbelief, you don't believe, mm-hmm. but it's okay. So if you don't believe, so maybe you have some family members or friends they don't believe. Mm-hmm. Maybe a prayer that you could pray for them mm-hmm. is, Lord, help their unbelief. Yeah. Or maybe you're even listening to this podcast and you don't believe in, in, in how God could come through. Maybe your prayer is, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And so – but that that would be what we see with Mary. The simple truth is that the the Lord is the God of the impossible. Mm. He takes that which is impossible and he makes it possible. That's why I'm extremely hopeful, as well as so many people that I run into about Northland, mm. is that w- what we see of how God has sustained us as a church yeah. through all of the seasons of transitions, mm. that is the God of the impossible showing up. And so that's what gives me great hope is the simple truth <laughs> is that God yeah. is the God of the impossible. He is a mountain mover. He is a miracle worker where you don't think there is a way. He makes a way. And so with, with Mary, like that, that, mm. that's what I love about this particular passage where uh, he says, uh, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own, own, you know, in her old age. For no word from God will ever fail. Mm. And so it's pretty, pretty incredible. What I love about the example of doubting Thomas is church tradition tells us that doubting Thomas, he didn't have unbelief, but he had doubt, takes the gospel to India. Yeah, all the way into India. Yeah. So it's an incredible thing to look at. Um, what Thomas did, and I think that that nickname can be a, a bit unfortunate. Yeah, um, poor, poor Thomas. He poor gets Thomas. That, he gets yeah. that nickname. You know, uh, you know, Peter is the foot in the mouth disciple. He just talks too much. Yeah, probably like me. I probably talk too much. <laughs> so help me with my unbelief. Was that Nicodemus? We'll have to look that up. Uh, yeah, it? we will have to look that up. So, but maybe for you Bible scholars listening, like maybe John Small, I'm just mentioning him. He probably would come up and tell me. So, John, I'm looking forward to you coming up this weekend and telling me. Let me tell you who is the one who told Jesus, "Help my unbelief." And 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 we'll probably Google it right after we're done here. Exactly. Um, so, with our our final question, um, you had had given us this 
these three. How do we know that these truths simplified Mary's life? You talked about perspective, purpose, and people. Yeah. Well, and I talked about how we know it simplified her life is she's just simply said, may your word to me be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm your servant. May your word. And so think about it. Mm-hmm. So these are the truths. Mm-hmm. That that are embedded within Scripture, right? Uh, within who God is, this is what God's telling her. Yeah, I believe you. I believe your word. I'm your servant. Mm. May your word be fulfilled. Mm. And so we know that in Scripture, we know that God loves us. We know that God is with us. Mm. We know that He's doing a work in us and through us and for others. We know that He has the details covered, and even when we don't, and mm. we know that He's the God of the impossible. So these are these are five truths that we see embedded throughout his word, spoken in Mary's life and now spoken over Mary's life. Mm. And so but but when you take those when you take those five truths, what those truths do is first it gives us perspective. Mm. So we, we have now a shift in perspective that can simplify our life. Because a lot of times we get very tunneled vision mm. and so we're trying to again we're trying to wrestle with making sense of life's complexities. Mm. But these truths helps us simplify through giving us a proper perspective. And so they divert our attention away from focusing on what we cannot control to focusing on who is in control. Mm. And then the second is that purpose. So again, in in all these things and what God is doing in Mary, there's a purpose to it, that he's working out his story. And so Mary's going to have to trust that. And so for us, in all seasons of life, difficulties, overwhelming seasons that we would go through, you know, complex situations, whatever it may be, Mm. there's a purpose. God's using it for a purpose. And we know as believers that God, God, what what He allows or adds in our life is meant to shape us more mm-hmm. into into who our King is, and it's also for us to be a blessing to others. So I, so I, every you know, every weekend I see Rebecca Carpenter. You, you know, I'm you know, we we kind of exchange just encouraging words, but she was just telling me about her second book that she just came out with. And how many people are just coming up to her and, and going, your book is just so meaningful and helpful in my life. So so here's Rebecca, and she's just putting on paper what God has done in her, mm. right? Mm. But but these these words, the mm. her story, and what God has taught her is being used to be a blessing. So there's this purpose, and what, what purpose does, it declutters our life by aligning our heart hearts with God's heart and his purpose and then people. So again what 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 we see within this passage is what God's doing with other people. And so that's what the that, that's the beauty of of the body of Christ yeah. is that I'm, I'm telling you if you get involved in in community, if you get to know other believers, whatever season you're dealing with, there, I promise you, there is a there is a believer who yeah. loves Jesus that have that has dealt with something similar, yeah. and can and can testify and can encourage and can can support you in what you're dealing with that season. And so, yeah. so those five truths actually help us with perspective, with purpose, and then pointing us to other people who can encourage us uh, and remind us that we're not alone. Yeah, and my wife is is part of the women's Bible study. On Monday mornings, in that that third part, people mm. has been absolutely uh, true in her life through the women's Bible study over the last couple months. So That's it's awesome. just been amazing to see the women show up in her life in big and small ways, yeah, um, in just very very practical ways. 
um, in very profound ways. So yeah. um, as we were talking the other day, I said that is that is an example of people, as an example of how God is is using other people's um, experiences, the way that, that he has moved through them. Um, and and it's incredible to see, and it's incredible to think about uh, receiving, and then also also giving um, based on our experiences. So, yeah, so cool. Yeah. So as we wrap up, this is. I mean, I, I hope and pray that this this past week's message was something that brought at least comfort and encouragement in life's complexities, mm. because it can get very complicated. Mm. But God offers these truths. To simplify our complicated life. Well, Northland, we love you. We are grateful to God for you. So go and make life simple, not complicated, by resting in the truth of God's word. Blessings. Thanks for listening to Extra Takes. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss a single episode.